Hi everyone, it's Chris Magoogs McGowan, aka Chris, aka Magoogs, aka Chris McGowan, here for Chris Watch's PLL episode 11. Today we have a couple PLL experts, as I promised a long time ago, here to share some of their thoughts about the case so far. But I think also to properly introduce today's episode, all I have to say is O-M-G. Chris watches pretty little liars. Chris watches pretty little liars. Chris watches pretty little liars. So he can help you figure out who's a. Episode 11. Moments later. Does the thing this show does very well. We get a lot of answers to a lot of questions, but those answers only lead to exponentially more questions. But I have to say, blown away. So let's take it step by step and kind of go through what we have now known to be true and what that means. You know, if this were happening in real time, right, you watch this on a Monday night, whenever it aired originally, and you had to wait a week, you knew that this character was going to survive. You knew Hannah, they weren't going to kill her off. Although, you know, that's a kind of modern trend now where you you bill someone as a a lead in a show, but you tell them quietly, you're only going to be in six episodes. So I guess it was possible. She was going to be offed. But I felt pretty confident she was going to stick around. You also see her face in uh, future screenshots on HBO Max. So I knew she was going to be okay. That said, I wanted to know if we were going to figure out what happened. So this picks up exactly as if the next frame of the video, the car that hit Hannah uh, kind of rattles down the side road or some sort of road here. They pull off to the side, hop out, leave the door open, and this person goes running. I was really trying to examine how they ran, for whatever reason. I wasn't able to really judge anything off of that, but I just was trying to take note of the style of running. We then see Hannah being loaded into an ambulance. The three liars are very concerned. Is this, uh, no, it doesn't happen yet. Hannah's mom gets pulled over by a police officer. She assumes it's for the cash. She put it in her bag. She zips it up real quick. We find out it's uh, the cop. This is the cop from earlier who had the conversation with Emily's mother. I learned his name, Barry the Cop. So we, we have Barry's name here. And he tells her, your daughter's been in an accident. Probably the worst thing she could imagine. So Hannah's being loaded into an ambulance. Two things to note here. One, Mona walks up with her hoodie up. Granted, they make a very clear point to show a lot of the, the other attendees at Camp Mona also are hoodie up. But it's just something to note because she, she walks into view. Then Arya spots Noel. I put that in all caps. Noel. Cut to the waiting room. Uh, we see Lucas is there too, Hannah's mom, the, th- the three liars are there. Hannah's not good. I didn't write out all her injuries, uh, but not great. Car was stolen from the campground parking lot. I don't think we find out whose car it is, but they are claiming the car was stolen. So that's interesting. I'm assuming they're going to see forced entry and maybe, you know, some sort of hot wire to the, uh, to the ignition. It's absolutely certain that it's not Toby. I don't know if any viewers out there thought it might be, but I never did for a moment. Definitely was not him. He was already in jail when the uh, accident occurred. So the liars are pretty confident in saying Toby is an A. And uh, I agree with them. Clearly, we've upped the stakes here. As Spencer points out, you know, this started with murder. And so why are we surprised it's gone to come to this? I agree. They really want to talk to Hannah, but she still is recovering. So the mom's like, I'll just let you know when she's awake. And I think amongst themselves, they're like, is she safe here? I don't really know the answer to that. Spencer gets home. She breaks down. So this is still that night, I'm assuming. Yeah, it is that night. Uh, Spencer kind of breaks down and hugs her sister. Uh, Melissa does say who is driving in a slightly interesting way, uh, but this seems like a genuine moment. Shirt open Ian pops in and asks us if Spencer and Hannah are okay. Curious question, Ian. Spencer says he spent the night, and, she, and Melissa's like, yeah. Very interesting, Ian. Very interesting. We're going to get to this in a moment. And I just want to remind myself, this is more of a note to myself, but I know Spencer is aware of the Alice and Ian connection. Okay. So we jump back to the hospital. I'm assuming this is the next morning. Hannah wakes up. Um, she asks about the liars and her mom's like, don't worry, don't worry. I'll let, I'll let them know you're here. I just made a note that Sean and Lucas both have been visiting uh, Hannah. So just keep that in your back pocket. Fitz and Aria the next morning, I'm assuming this is at school. They have this kind of humorous chat about ICU. It's, this is definitely not funny to the two of them, but you know, Harry's like, well, it's probably not nothing. And Fitz is like, it's, it didn't say wash me or go sharks. It says, I see you. Somebody saw us. Ari just erases it and basically is like, it's not a big deal. Breakfast with Emily and her parents. 
Dad suggests Ben should drive her to the hospital. Uh, Emily has to kind of tell him, yeah, we're kind of done. Mom does not like Toby. And boy, every time that, that name comes up, she is furious. And I get it. She thinks that Toby hurt her daughter. She gets a text, an SOS text. Hannah's mom texts Emily saying, Hannah wants to talk to you. Cut to liars out of the hospital. Very kindly, Hannah asks her mom to take a break, and uh, it does look like she's been there all night. So she goes, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to leave for a few hours. All right, quickly closes the door, so it's just the four liars in this room. It's very, very important. Chills. I kid you not, I had chills when Hannah says with full confidence, Noel Kahn is A. Either I've been an observant watcher, or the show has got me again, because I did feel vindicated in the moment. But of course, it's not that easy with this show. Hannah confirmed a few things. Noel for sure rode on the car because she saw Arya get into this car. Noel sneak up right on it and like run away. So that's for sure we know that that's what's going on. And then Arya kind of finally is honest with them. She tells them all, basically all about Fitz. She, she tells them how long it's been going on, where they met, like all of it kind of spills out. Spencer does some eye rolling here. Based on her past, I don't know if she really has... Uh, she should be the one doing the eye rolling here, but okay. Uh, and Hannah does, uh, you know, I fixed up with Noel, like kind of upset. And then I fixed up with Noel, like, oh, this guy who might be A. Knock, knock, knock on the door. Guess who's there? Noel Khan, as if summoned from the demon realm. So Ari answers the door. She slips outside and says, oh yeah, Hannah's just like, she's about ready to go to sleep. So they, so her and Noel have a chat outside. They're both flying to each other. It, it's a very tense scene. And he has a basket. My friends... We have a new segment on this show, The Bear. Bear, 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 watching me at night. Bear, giving me a fright. Bear, giving aid in sight. Bear. I wrote The Bear in all caps. There's a few things I'm, I'm sure of in, in this show, and there's not a lot. That bear has a video camera in there and audio. Someone is listening and watching the entire time. So keep that in mind as this bear gets bounced around. I'm guessing, here's a prediction, right? So we'll get to the bear in a second. Okay, let me, let me do a little bit more here. Yeah, basically Noel says we need to talk. Arya and Noel agreed they need to talk. He says, you call me when you can. Just as he's ready to leave, Arya asks him, where were you last night? Hanging out with Sean, he says. We'll get another shot of that bear. We see Emily's parents have a little chat. Um, looks like they are decompressing. Dad says he's going to have to go to Texas eventually to do some training for the military. You can tell that there's something that they're concerned about, but they're not really talking about. We cut back. Bear again. I think this is the scene. Not here, it's later. Where the bear is quite literally looking at Hannah. She turns it away. So here's a prediction. That video and audio feed going into somebody. So it didn't happen this episode. Maybe in the next one or two, we will see that audio feed. So yeah, one of those scenes at the end, you know how they do those creepy A scenes? So someone's going to be watching this, we're going to see that. And I think another indicator will be, one, who dropped it off, and two, what people know. Because there's things pre-bear, and there's things post-bear. So there's a little conversation that happens before Noel shows up. Anything that's talked about in that room, including the things that's coming, are now all known by one of our A's. Mona stops in. I'm going to feel really clever here again, even as I wrote in my notes. She came here to make up and to imply makeup. She almost feels guilty. So, so Mona always, you know, everything's always filtered through her. So even in, even in apologizing, she says, you know, if I hadn't disinvited you from my exclusive party and made you made it sneak around, you would not have gotten hit. You know, still, still uh, giving herself a compliment. It's pretty impressive. I wrote down the past is forgotten. A very interesting choice of words there, Mona. And she describes uh, Hannah's face as vague. Also very interesting. But she does see at the very end of the scene, just kind of compliment Hannah and saying, Hannah's been known for the dismounts, meaning Hannah always lands on her feet, even, even in a situation like this. She's kind of saying how Hannah always keeps her self-esteem and self-awareness at all times. It's kind of nice. I'm still very suspicious. Okay, so then we cut to the other liars. I believe they're in Arya's room. I'm getting better at recognizing their rooms. They're having a little chat about the tree Noel, Ian, etc. They kind of rule out Ian a little bit. Spencer kind of runs through some reasons why she thinks Noel is our is our one and true A. They believe the carving was real. Uh, I think I forget who says it, but you know, Allie, she's not cheesy. Like if she was, if she was doing that, it was for real. So she did, she doesn't think because uh, I think Ario is the one that says, "What if you know Allison was just doing it to be goofy?" And um, the response is, 
No, they think this is pretty real. And the subject is brought up again that Arya, no matter what Noel is, if he's A or not, she's going to have to confront him about what he saw. That is regardless of, uh, of anything else. Uh, we get maybe the creepiest scene of the show so far. It is the dead of night. The door opens. Lucas walks in wearing all black. He kisses her forehead. And there's sweet music going on for some reason. I don't know if this is romantic to anyone out there. I did not. I was very nervous this whole time, even even after uh, the kiss on the, on the forehead. And I'm going to jump ahead because I'm watching for it. Uh, there's no message on the cast so far, but I don't think this really matters as uh, you'll see, but um, the cast does not have the message that I'm looking for yet. Another mention of Sean having been inside the room, although he's not shown up in this episode. He's apparently coming and going. It looks like the next morning, Hannah and her mother are having a chat. Um, Hannah's like, you know, we don't need a private room. It's a little too much money. We find out Hannah's mom is going to be fine. A professional courtesy has been extended to her, and they're going to be fine financially. Uh, Here's a second prediction. This is going to be quite an issue in season two. Who knows? It may happen even sooner. Maybe Mrs. Potter wants some more butterscotch. Uh, she'll make a trip back to that safe deposit box, and this will happen fairly quickly. We'll see. Maybe uh, Hannah's mom only got a one-season contract. Arya is uh, playing some sort of piano at school. Noel walks in. You didn't call, he says from the background. He says, did they catch the guy? Arya just says it. I saw you. I saw you afterwards. And then Noel starts to confess a little bit. Maybe. It's supposed to be a joke. Scare some of the Camp Mona attendees. Then he saw Arya leave, so he followed her already. No, not good. And she says, you drew on the back of the window. And he says, I should have thrown a rock. And he wants to take down Mr. Fitz. They have a little back and forth. He basically wants to go to the principal. And she asks him to let her handle this. and To promise that he'll let her handle this. He promises, and I put that in quotes. We cut to down the hall. Emma is, I guess, on the phone, right? And so Jenna overhears her, and Jenna's like, you can't talk to Toby. And Emily just wants to tell him she wasn't the one that turned him in. Jenna does not want her around Toby at all. Emily says, a social worker should have thrown a bucket of cold ice water on the two of you, or at least on Jenna. And Jenna gets her with the last line, and they say you're the sweet one. Oof, oof. And um, here we see, I'm going to say in quotes, dream sequence. Uh, we as a viewer don't know if this is real or not. Uh, it sure looks like Allie's in the room with Hannah. And she tells her a few things. She says uh, what happened that night is very complicated. She tells her that uh, all the four liars know exactly what happened combined. You already do. You remember more about that night than you remember. The truth won't make any difference. And she challenges Hannah to try the truth and see how that works out for her. The show has spliced in some scenes that we have not seen. What the heck does that mean? I don't know. Why would they not remember? It shows the four of them kind of clutching a flashlight, walking slowly forward. I'm guessing we're gonna see we're gonna see that this season. Uh, it sure looks like it. And then Allie leaves, and she says something mirroring what Hannah said. You know, I need to do something about that. A eh? that bitch is getting on my nerves. Something along those lines. She leaves, right? And she says, "Oh, it's very dangerous for me to come here, but I wanted to be sure you were you were safe." <sighs> so we, as a viewer, don't know. Is this a hallucination by Hannah? Is Allie a ghost? Is she visiting Hannah? Or is Allie really here, having a quick chat and then leaving? Could be a hallucination, sure. Could be a ghost. About the same difference. Uh, I guess if it's a ghost, they can contact uh, Allie's ghost again. But if Allie's really there, why or how? What if Allie, Allison, uh, you know, I, I, I joked about the Quantico theory being null and void. And then I had another thought about this scene. How would Allison, why would Allison say it was going to be dangerous for me to show up here, but I wanted to take the risk, basically? The FBI is now involved. Why the heck would that be? I'm not sure the ethics on this, but if Allie was some sort of potential witness for some sort of federal investigation, again, I'm not sure if you're allowed to bring in 16-year-old high school students as some sort of witness, but maybe. If she was under federal protection, federal witness protection, I don't know how they do that. Uh, I got to do some research. Would they fake um, her death to keep her safe? Um, I don't know. I don't think that's how they do it. But let's say they do. So she, so the family does leave town. Allie is, quote, missing for a year. And they make her seem as if she died, right? That would make a new life easier for her. Although, I mean, how <laughs> does she live with her parents as pretending she's not Allison De Laurentiis? I don't know. That's all to say that um, that would be dangerous for her to show up there if she was in some sort of federal witness protection program. The problem is, 
If this is at all real, well, we have a way to find that out, right? If the bear is, again, I'm positive that bear is audio and video recording, and we may see late this season, this is another prediction, that same recording showing that Allie scene as real. Allie was definitely really there. So A discovers that Allison is in fact not dead. Fitz and Arya have a chat at school, a chalkboard uh, check. Today, what is in view? Which is very appropriate. They kind of decide they're going to... So Arya was not truthful to Noel. A shocker. They both decide uh, between her and Fitz that they're not going to go back. They're not going to erase their relationship so far. In fact, they're going to go forward with it. Wow. And uh, Arya doesn't even tell him about Noel. (laughs) Emily's like, Arya? And she's like, I just couldn't tell him. I couldn't tell him that Noel Khan saw us. Boy. We have the Lucas pudding scene next. Hoo boy. So Lucas comes in with pudding. I did check the cast. It doesn't look like the A message is on there yet. Hannah talks about this, um, you know, being on the drugs and a little out of it. She's talking about Lucas, but she's also talking about Allison. Lucas finally cuts her off. Uh, He says, yeah, you're talking about me sneaking in your room and kissing you on your forehead? She says, yeah. He then gets offended that she was surprised that he would do that. She basically says, we're friends. And then Lucas kind of takes it poorly. Uh, Says, we're breaking up even though we weren't even together. He kind of uh, pouts and walks away. I thought Hannah handled this pretty well, to be honest with you. I think she legitimately didn't really know. I think the kiss on the forehead was like her getting it. And she told him the truth. You know, and just like Allie told her to. And she just said, look, I view you as a friend. Flattering. But that's kind of what I want. And Lucas did not handle it very well, did he? She even asked him to stay because she still views him as a friend. And he's like, I'm not going to stay because that means I'm okay with this and I'm not. If I were Lucas's friend here to tell me this side of his story, he owes her a lot of apologies and maybe not deserving of her friendship. I think he really he really blew this. I understand emotions. I understand you do some things in... in uh, the heat of the moment. But Lucas didn't really look very good in this moment. It's not a good look for him either. I don't think he ran down Hannah for some reason. Emily's on the phone with Maya uh, and dad's like standing in the doorway. And then we get a, a very emotional and vulnerable scene. Emily, without intending to, comes out to her father. And there's a lot of silence after she says it. And yeah, I don't think she, she meant it to come out this way. I don't know how, you know, if she'd even thought about this moment. Yeah, but it the truth is out there to her dad. So Spencer and Arya are there to check out the tree again. I guess Arya doesn't believe the tree trunk. I don't know. Talk a little bit about their, her relationship with Fitz. Spencer's still a little bit in shock. Uh, she says this is both destructive and hot. And they neither of them really know what to, to make of all this. But then tree is gone. The tree with the carving is absolutely gone. We then get an even more difficult conversation overheard by Emily. Uh, her parents are chatting in the family room. And boy, not good. First, we assume that uh, Emily's dad told Emily's mother that their daughter uh, came out to him. She then shows the pictures to dad. And and he's like, how come you didn't tell me about this? And she's like, when did did you want me to tell you about this? Somebody mailed it to me. And then I wrote down a lot of trigger words. So this is a little content warning for all of you out there. Because these are probably some of the worst words you think you would think to hear from your parents if you came out to them. This is wrong. You think I like this? I don't experiment experimenting right talk about values values you leave your values in the desert he says again i don't like this but she's alive and healthy like and emily hears all of this <sighs> yeah i know this is 20, 2009 2010 and that doesn't seem like that long ago i've already predicted that their parents probably felt this way and i know the show is being very indescript about what those words mean like values and this is wrong but I don't think there's any context where this feels like they're supporting their daughter in this moment. And that's really a bummer. Really disappointing. And, I mean, Emily was scared to bring this up. And from my point of view, her fear was justified. It doesn't seem like she's going to be getting a lot of support from them. And that really sucks. Cut from that over to Spencer's house. Arya and Spencer are like, what the fuck? Who, who, who took a t- tree down? They find some champagne in the fridge. Ian pops in and says, hey, why don't you come out to uh, the barn? Her sister comes in wearing a wedding dress, and they say, we're married. We eloped. So many questions. And as they walk away, Ian gives like a double look at uh, Spencer. Like, I don't know. Very strange. (laughs) And Arya sums it up very well. What just happened? 
Fitz is wrapping up for the day, uh, chalkboard check, a whole bunch of questions on the board, like what, why, who, what do we write? What, what kind of things do we write? As he's leaving, ostensibly early evening, right, because it's night out, school's dark, Noel is stalking him in the hallway. Very, very scary. We cut to Hannah's uh, room in the hospital. Emily is holding the bear, just a little bear check. So look for that footage in a future, uh, future episode. And they confirm what I've been theorizing for a while. Uh, it sounds like there's many A's, and I think the one bit that Hannah has not considered in the um, tree carving question, which kind of fits into my A as a general signature thing, idea, is that, remember when I said in the previous episode, like, why would A tell you to come find them at this party? It makes no sense. Well, it tells you that there is more than one A, and that they are in competition. So that there is someone out there either sending messages as A or not, but A is, a is trying to find out who is the root of Allie's disappearance. And that was what that message was intended to do. That message led them to the carving in the tree, which is Allie, Allison loves Ian. That is in direct conflict with somebody else who tore down the tree. I'm confident that the bear is audio recording and video recording. I'm also very confident we have not only multiple A's, but A's in conflict. Uh, They are fighting each other virtually through our liars. And then we find the message on her cast. Sorry about my temper. My bad A. Hannah rightfully freaks out. Everyone freaks out a little bit. Uh, we may, we run through the list, right? Sean, Lucas, like everyone's been by. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint who it was. To that end, if A is a general moniker, maybe they don't know that everyone uses this A thing. So it could be Lucas, could be Mona, could be the person that ran over Hannah, and it could be a combination of all those. Finally, for our stinger, we see the trunk or part of the tree that had the carving burning in the fireplace, uh, further confirming my suspicion that Multiple people with multiple agendas using the A moniker. Uh, whomever, I'm going to just go ahead and say this is, this is Ian. It's either Ian or Melissa or both. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to me, which means I'm wrong. Um, but that's, that's one of them, one or both of them. They want all history of this to be gone. Because even if Ian turns out to be innocent in all this, which I don't think he is, the last thing they want to do is have, Melissa especially, have her eloped husband implicated in a murder of a of of a teenager in town no so you know we have a very clear picture of this um this family spencer's family of perfection like everything has to be exact clean no blemishes so she has motivation so if it's not her it's definitely ian it's one of the two of them um i did make a note to myself remember how this fireplace looks i would place money on it it's going to be very similar to a fireplace inside the made over home that melissa lives in that little back house barn whatever they call it i placed a money wager on that so what the what is going on well like i said we got a lot of answers um in this episode so many more questions i think i need some experts uh hey everyone uh as i promised a long time ago we are joined by two pll experts uh, to discuss in my opinion i know i've only watched 11 episodes but my favorite and the most explosive one so far please uh introduce yourselves to the cwpll audience okay i guess i'm going first i am caroline i am a pretty little liars expert imposter um so i'll be here to give my thoughts I'm Emily. I'm a Pretty Little Liars enthusiast, and I dare say expert, and I'm excited to go on this journey. Fantastic. So I figure I'm just going to ask you some questions. I want to get your your opinions as experts or imposters, however you want to uh, call yourself, uh, because I am stumped, and I want to get your thoughts, maybe your theories on some of these specific points, because this episode is packed with reveals, information, etc. So very first... Caroline, uh, do you have any thoughts about who's in the car? Like we saw the very first scene we see, right, is the car stopping and someone getting out and running. So I don't think it's Noel. You don't think it's Noel? I don't. Why do you think that? Um, I mean, I guess like it could have been Noel, but I just find it, I mean, he just, he had to get places so quickly. Okay. So. So not Noel. Yeah. Okay. Emily, we have a not Noel. What do, what's your take on the driver of the car that hit Hannah? So I'm going back to when I first saw this 
many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe I was convinced it was Ian because I didn't like his face. And I found him just every scene he was in. He creeped me out. He's suspicious and weird. I remember vaguely thinking it was a Noel, it was Noel for a hot second before, as Caroline pointed out, he would have to move real fast. Uh, and I just, I know I can do that. So then that kind of eliminated him from my suspects. But I remember thinking, it has to be Ian. It has to be Ian. Just because his face and his actions and the way he speaks is just creepy. That's a great jumping off point, Emily, because I had that same thought. I was like, what if it was Ian? Because later, Spencer does go home and she, her, Melissa, her sister, comforts her, right? And then we see, as I say earlier in this episode, shirtless Ian kind of comes to the doorway first button a few buttons but that's beside the point so he has an alibi technically right because it's 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 a it's made to seem that he and melissa were quote chatting chatting all night so how would that fit into your theory that ian was actually behind the wheel um i also think and this is not a spoiler i think and have thought for a long time that melissa is a bad lady she's also suspicious and also anyone who would hook up with ian after like we see in the episode or in you talk about in your previous episode, like after he kisses her sister, like, no, like there's something wrong with that. So I feel like it's a tag team ick couple kind of thing. That's a, I remember that going through my head. Like there's, there's, ugh. Okay. They're suspicious and creepy. And to piggyback off that, off of something else that happens in the episode where Ian and Melissa are now married. I think that could also be that Melissa knows what Ian did and isn't there like a rule in the law where you can't testify uh, against like your spouse? So let me follow your train of thought there, Caroline, if I may. So are you saying Ian, was Melissa in on this with him? Or, or is he like, uh, OMG, I hit Hannah with my car. Uh, you got a cover for me kind of thing? If she wasn't in on it. She knows about it. Okay. But uh, I'm also in the same camp as Emily. I don't, I don't trust Melissa. Just to, we'll, we'll, we'll finish the car here, because I have a suspect who I think it is. I think it's Mona. At her I, own party. Yes. I think Mona hit her by accident, probably to scare her. And then she was like, oh, shite. I hit my friend, because we see her later. She comes with a little apology. And then, I don't know, that... I'm, put, I'm putting that on Mona. It's not as good as your theories, I'll admit, but uh, I just have a strong feeling because we see her come back with her hoodie up. Now, granted, we do see a lot of other people with their hoodies up, but she's the first person we see come back. Then we see Noel there looking all broody at the party. Uh, Emily, you have a response. Um, wouldn't it be hard for Mona to escape her party as like the center of attention? Everyone's looking for her. She's hosting like what feels like a billion people, I say, as someone who never had these large types of parties. No, I was going to say, it feels like someone at the party would have like felt that she was missing. Yeah. That said, because the party was so large, if someone was like, where's Mona? They would probably assume, oh, she's just with another group of friends. Right. Don't forget, there's the blowout tent. There's a whole bunch of there are different festivities, right? Isn't there like a masseuse thing? There could be a lot of distracted people. True. Okay. Did not consider that. <laughs> Listen, this is, we're all theorizing here. This is just my case I'm presenting to you all. So, okay, so um, we have a couple votes for Ian. Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sticking with Mona for now. Um, but my question on top of that is why did they do it? Uh, I know Emily said, Ian, uh, you just don't have a good vibe from him. But that's pretty severe. Like, that, that was a pretty severe move to make is to hit somebody with their car. I don't think it was intentional for them to actually hit her. So I will agree with you on, on that point. Because everyone, I mean, everyone you see, I feel like Ian, Noel, and I guess Mona, if we're lumping her into this, they all are asking about her and how she's doing afterwards. And Noel especially seems very worried, which I think is kind of to try to get people to be, oh, well, he's worried because if she died, it would be vehicular manslaughter. But Ian also asks a lot about it, I feel like, too. Well, that's a good. Well, let me deal with. Let's go back to Ian and Melissa for just a moment. Then I want to kind of go through each of my of my of my top kind of people through this episode. Um, so we had we dealt with Ian and Melissa, and you briefly brought up the marriage. So you, so I want to hear your theory again is why they got married because I have a theory I want to pose posit to both of you. So so they got married in a day after their discussion the next morning. They were married, right? Yeah, something I was trying to figure out 
she wasn't engaged to Ren, was she? Uh, yes, Ren with three ends. They were engaged, and then when she saw uh, her and her, him and her sister making out, that ended in engagement. She threw like the bridal magazines away. It was a whole thing. Okay, so that is kind of weird for a few reasons. One, she mentions, or she doesn't mention this. Ian mentions that when they after they got married, that it was as if last year never happened. So did she meet Ren and get engaged and start planning a wedding all in one year? Because that is a quick turnaround. (laughs) (laughs) And even creepier when we know this past year has to do with Allison. Yeah. Right? Super creepy. Super creepy. And he kind of gives a little, like, doesn't he give, like, a little wink as he's leaving? Like, like last year never happened. Little hang on, little look on there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Smarmy. He's implying something else. Right. Um, But, yeah, I think they got married because I think one or both of them is involved in some criminal activity. And this way, they do not have to testify against each other. Okay. Emily, your thoughts on that? I don't trust Ian. I think he's the worst. But I also think, like, Melissa's kind of a terrible sister and probably, like, blames Spencer and her stupid friends for so much that's gone wrong in her life. But I also think she kind of just comes off as sad and, like, I don't want to be lonely. And that kind of feeds into, like, the why she was with Ren and planning a wedding within a year after all this stuff happened. So I think she's just kind of sad and is like, I need to be settled down and all that kind of stuff. I get that vibe from her where she's like, I'm of a certain age. I come from a certain family. I have to be doing X, Y, and Z, and I have to meet these milestones. And I don't care if Ian is smarmy and gross and like really weird and have this un not okay relationship with my sister. He's a guy who says he'll marry me. So let's do this. Do we know how old Melissa is? I don't know if we have an exact age. I assume... At least college, if not immediate post-college, right? Yeah. yeah that's what I'm guessing. Which is young. Yeah. Uh, you, as you both are speaking about this, you made me think, because at the very end we see the, which is wild in and of itself, that someone tore down a tree and then they grabbed just the part with uh, Allison and Ian to burn. I immediately thought, well, this is Ian. But now you got me thinking that if Melissa's in on it, are they like in the barn having wine while looking at this thing burning in the fireplace or is this ian like in his creepy cabin doing it on his own i was wondering where that was being burned i was Mm -hmm. like is it a fireplace that we can recognize it does look rustic so i'm leaning towards i don't know what the barn looks like inside but it could be the barn or it could be a creepy cabin what was i gonna say isn't there like and I could be absolutely insane. That happened. Isn't there a metaphor about like stoking the flames or stoking the fire where it's like you're trying to goad people on? So I just thought it was A being like, I have a really good visual metaphor. And also sneaky, sneaky. Like this is the tree. I'm destroying evidence. Yeah, we've seen a spray paint, a road sign, which as I mentioned at the time, I don't know who's even going to see that, but they they felt that it mattered to them to to spray paint uh, the, neighbor, the number of the population went down a number, uh, which wasn't even true. So, yeah, maybe this is another symbol to to warm their heart at night. And with that, like, it's about, sorry, I'm failing with words. Um, Like, you're trying to incite, like, something. So it's almost like they're trying to make Ian seem more guilty, which to me makes him seem less guilty, even though he is still my main suspect, where it's like, oh, destroying evidence against him, it'll make everyone believe it's him. But it's actually like, no, like, we're just trying to, like, pin something more on him at this point from our spooky lair. That... That leads, that's a nice transition, Emily, to an idea that I, as a viewer, first realized in this episode, uh, and partially due to, to the thing I'll talk about after that, is A's in conflict. Are there, is it possible that there is an Ian Melissa A group in conflict with someone else who is trying to foil them who are also posing as A? Is that wild? Is that too wild? Even for CWPLL? I believe at the time it was ABC Family, by the way. No, I know. <laughs> no, CWPLL, as in my show. Oh, I... that makes sense too. Well, what are the, what are the, how are the motives different between the two A factions? I'm glad you asked. So let's say Ian and Melissa are an A, and they want to bury Ian's relationship with Allison because it looks shady, uh, right? That. Uh, that's my siren going on. <laughs> I hear a siren. Um, that it's shade. Like, she's missing. She's presumed dead. And now there's this tree trunk that says Allison loves Ian. Melissa's like, hey, Ian, this looks bad. Let's get rid of this. 
and let's try to pin it on somebody else. Maybe someone. So they so they go down this a path of of scaring her sister. Uh, that that's what kind of falls apart. But then there's another a who knows about the truth that's trying to reveal that to either Spencer or somebody else uh, with the way A guilt trips people. And so these two A's are now, <laughs> through their harassment, are actually kind of uh, fighting each other in a weird way. It's a lot to process. It's a, it is. You can, let, yeah. you, can, you can let that simmer. You can let that simmer. Um, while you let that simmer, I think this is a perfect time to bring up uh, Hannah's dream or actually seeing Allison moment. That was another big moment for me was like, wait a minute, this really changes things, that that really was Allison in her room. What do both of you think about that scene? Well, I feel like they definitely are trying to make us think it's real with the that sh- shot of the, the cup with the lipstick. That said, that shot was still in the dream sequence. It wasn't like she was out of the dream and saw yes. it. So I feel like it is kind of misleading. I'm trying to think. I feel like I put notes. So Emily, if you want to go. Um, I was going to say the exact same thing. Like they keep focusing on it in the dream. And if it were like a clue, like, oh, this is real. I feel like they would have like shown it like, oh, Hannah sees the lipstick and she doesn't. But I, the part of the hallucination or whatever it was, the fact that Ali talks back was kind of weird. It like, so it's not like a dream of like, oh, I remember this conversation we had. She's actually like responding to her. But the thing I focused on most was uh the quote that the truth is some giant disco ball of purity i don't know what that means and ali says it like i'm supposed to it was just a lot to unpack chris what are your thoughts on the truth is some giant disco ball of purity oh wow turning the tables i like this um yeah i think allison now here here's i'll just be honest with with you both i absolutely agree they were trying to make you think it was real i believe it was real and i believe allison (laughs) get ready for my wild theory She's in witness protection, and so she was honest about something that she witnessed, probably Ian's shady dealings, as we've discussed already. And that giant disco ball of purity, to me, is like, I'm dancing, I'm dancing, I'm in the clear, I'm living life in freedom because I was truthful. And it turns out, uh, you know, shade, you know, detective, the FBI agent Cooper, they had to put her in this protection program, had to fake her death. She's like, this sucks. This is not good. So for her, the the illusion of this is going to be a great relief and a big dance party when I tell the truth uh, was not what turned out to be the case. Do you it, think Ian is a big enough fish to get somebody put in witness protection? I think there are very wealthy families here. The De Laurentiis's, Allison's family, from what I gather, seems to be kind of a big deal. So I don't know what Ian get, is, got his fingers in. But whatever happened, I mean, let, let, let's let's call this out, right? At the time, Allison would have been 15, 16. Yeah. Ian, Ian is a bit older, right? I, I think in this season, I want to say I Googled it, how old the liars are, season one, and it says 15, which means a year before they would have been 14, right? Right. And so potentially even 13. And how old do we think Ian is? Because I don't. The show's not very clear, so I don't know how old he's supposed to be. I think Ian is probably the same age as Melissa. Okay, that would be my guess. So I'd say like twenty-two, twenty-three. Oh, okay, yeah, that's quite a problem. Yeah, but that's now. So I'd say before. I mean, it's still a problem, but probably twenty. Okay, it's still legal. <laughs> Did you Never. Google it, Emily? Is it a spoiler if I Google how old is Ian in season one of Pretty Little Liars? Uh, save it here and then if it's a weird spoiler for a reason I'll just cut it out but yeah tell me tell us how old Ian is he is 25 so he would have been 24 Uh, if you are Ian doing anything with life I would assume I mean you know the past is the past I guess but he at, at this point he's like well this is not good uh, so I'm going to try and hide it using all the tools I have to do so instead of, I guess, being honest and taking uh, responsibility for his actions. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. <laughs> Grossed out right now. But it's, uh, I, I, I mean, that's a lot of motivation, right? Uh, and like I said, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily a spoiler or not, but uh, that's quite an age difference 
yeah under reasons. normal circumstances um and yeah at that time especially God, even why we looked that up necessarily, but oh yeah, why why witness protection? That's that is the whole of my theory. Although it does resurrect my quantical theory, which I did say I got rid of last time. If Allison is really in witness protection, then that would kind of make sense as to why the FBI is now involved. Why right? Why they're talking to the liars? Uh, why she can walk into the hospital with this kind of the skies, I guess. And she said, it's very dangerous for me to be here kind of thing. Okay. I guess. Yeah. If Ian has ties to like a very powerful family, then yeah, I would, I could get on board with that. Cause usually people go into witness protection for testifying against like the mafia and stuff. Right. Are you, are, are Caroline, are you laying out Ian as part of the mafia theory here on? Well, no, I'm just saying a, a family that has, Pull in power. <laughs> I mean, I'm for it. I'm all for it. I don't He's know what, what mafia you part of. The Dixie Mafia? Sure. Great. So so just officially, do you both think it was a dream or do you actually do think Allison was there? I think they push. I, I'm of mixed minds. If you ask me now, I'll say one thing and then like 10 minutes, I'll overthink and think of a different thing. I think that they focus so hard on the lipstick thing so that they want you to think like, oh, it, it is real, but then it's not because they don't show it. But then I think it's such a hard push and such like a giant, like, why would you focus on it and then not show it in real life that it's like, oh, they're trying to trick us. It's a double bluff. Um, so I am of the mind just rewatching the episode, which I did right before this, that it is in fact a hallucination. But also real quick, if it is a hallucination, hallucination Allie proves that she's, or makes it very much seem that she's not A, because she seems to hate A so much, which kind of quashes the theory that Allie is A, if that is real, because she's like, I should put a stop to this or something like that. So that was a big thing I picked up on that, that I didn't even ever remember in my multiple watches of this show. Um, like her verbiage, and it makes it very much seem like she's not a which up to this point she's in contention to be a caroline did you uh did were you on the dream or real allison just because it was so stylized and i think i think it was a dream or a hallucination okay how about you i i think uh as i've said since episode one allison is not dead and this just just this is just her way of uh proving my theory <laughs> we'll see we'll see so let's do let's I want to do one final question, then I want to let you all let the both of you talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, and this will kind of spiral to a few characters I want to also highlight. So this will be kind of like a starting point and then we can branch out from here. The A message on Hannah's cast. We have a few people that we know for sure went into the room. Noel didn't go in the room, actually, so I guess it's not him, although he knows where she is. Right. Sean. Apparently not booked for this episode. Uh, the actor uh, Mona and Lucas. So we know at least four people for sure could have come in and out and done it at some point. Do either of you have any uh, any thoughts on that, on the message, on who might have wrote it, et cetera? Can you remind me what the message was? It was something like, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. Was there a sweetie in there? Let's take a look if I have it exactly written down. I don't think there is a sweetie. I don't think okay, there is a sweetie. Okay, sorry, I lost my temper. Yeah. I don't recall a sweetie. I don't recall a okay. sweetie. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like the person we kind of saw in the room the most, aside from her mom and the liars, was Lucas. Mm -hmm. Which I know he's not like on our, even on our radar. But I don't know. Could he be like a pawn? So he does lose his temper. So that I agree with you. But why would he sign it dash A and not Lucas? I don't know. Could he be involved with A? He could be part of your A conglomerate that you theorized about. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. My theory does put him as tech support for the A army, A group. Uh, but still, that would be weird, right? For him to kind of reveal that he's part of that by. Unless, like, I don't remember when it started, but Lucas seems to genuinely like Hannah. He seems to care about her and stuff. So maybe he's being like blackmailed or something into kind of being a dick. This is my theory on the A conglomerate thing. So I do think there's weight to that um he's like he feels bad about it so i think he might be doing it like sorry like a genuine apology of of i really didn't want to but i kind of had to 
or like I really didn't want to it kind of escalated it wasn't supposed to go that far I was just supposed to scare you kind of thing because I do like that theory so I do think Lucas is the most likely suspect to do that but part of me is also like you know it was no one that we saw that's too obvious like maybe it was Noel who we never see in the room but we know he was at the hospital or like clearly anyone can have access to that room the people in this town are not very good at like keeping people out of things it seems mm-hmm. uh, see school security and every person can walk in at their pleasure yep and i think that's because it is a small town right or it's supposed to be mm-hmm. so yeah it could be that everyone knows each other and everyone leaves their doors unlocked nobody cares who enters the school because i ah. think before allison's disappearance and murder there probably wasn't a lot going on yes it's kind of like a a, a dinner dinner chat topic right hey what's going on with allison mm-hmm. yeah now i, I rewatched that scene in particular because i wanted to see if we got any hints and they do a little shot of the uh of the nursing station they say sorry uh visitors hours are over and then we see lucas with his very mm-hmm. ill-advised kiss on the forehead while she's sleeping thing mm-hmm. he leaves the door open though when he skitters out of there so at that point, that could have been... Although, no, I think the, the cast is still on sign, actually, the next scene. So I don't think that actually works. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like his um, explanation for why he did it. The uh, If she was awake and didn't scream, that's a good sign. Oh, no. <laughs> Lucas. Is that problematic? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Is that a teenage boy mentality? Because I didn't. I was like, maybe I just don't get it. I would say Lucas might be needing some sort of friend uh, support system to maybe run these ideas by. Mm-hmm. Hey, is this a good idea? And someone say, I uh, no, that's actually not. It's probably the opposite of what you should do right now, Lucas. Yeah, Lucas had a lot of swing, a lot of swings and misses. I've been kind of a fan of him. He really kind of botched almost everything he did in this episode. To say um, the least. <laughs> So something I noticed this time is Ashley, Hannah's mom, still running around with that bag of cash in her purse because she leaves Hannah's room. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Does she still have the cash on her? I don't think she uh, wants to leave it anywhere, probably. Yeah, and when she walks into the hospital, like, you see her have her purse and she's like, mm. like, she's holding on to it for dear life. And it's like, ma'am. Yeah. Absolutely not a, under any circumstances, particularly with her handling of a heist. I would say. Not very well done so far. She's a cleared suspect. As I've said, all the parents are really not very sharp. I don't think any of them are capable of A behavior. That's The only one I would disagree with that statement is is Spencer's mom. She seems very smart and very manipulative. Oh, okay. That's true. That's true. You're right. Absolutely. But yeah, the other ones, I mean, I think it's Ashley is... Hannah's mom, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's by far my favorite, for sure. I, I told, I hundred percent agree. Not a criminal. Yeah, and my <laughs> least favorite is Emily's mom. <laughs> uh, Pam, I, I remember her name this time. Pam, I hate her. Yeah, she's awful. That's my rant for this episode: is parenting in Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, uh, the floor is yours. I, you've kind of hit all my questions. So, if either of you want to do a rant or or talk about whatever you want, uh, please uh, do. It's just my ongoing, what the hell is the parenting in um, Rosewood? Ashley is the only incredibly involved parent who seems to be like actually caring about what's going on with her child 100% of the time. Mama Fields, Pam, is terrible. She's aggressive. She's accusatory. She like she is everything you don't want to be in a parent, especially with Emily's coming out, which is like supposed to be like a sweet kind of like it's hard, but she's at least acknowledging it and it gives her parents some understanding of what's going on with her and why she's been so uh, jumpy as she describes it. Even if that's not the whole reason, it's part of it. And at least her dad, whose name escapes me in this moment, is like, he doesn't leave the room when she uh, tells him that. He sits down, we don't see his reaction in that moment, but he doesn't like just run away or like tell her, no, you're wrong. He's trying to be understanding. And when you see him talking to Pam, he's trying to be understanding and saying, like, things could be worse. Like, she's alive. She's healthy. This is good. And stupid Pam is like, no, this is the end of the world. It's that other girl. It's that evil Maya. She's making her feel like she needs to experiment and do all this stuff. And dear God, she is the worst parent who is 
completely out of touch with her child. It's like, I wouldn't want to be around you at all. I wouldn't want to talk to you either. At least her dad, like, granted, he's gone all the time because of army or military or whatever he does. At least he's like, he's like, something's wrong. Like, let's figure this out. Not necessarily to the same extent that uh, Mama Marin does, but he's like, I want to have this relationship with my child. And so in this episode, we see how to be a parent and how to be a Pam and never be a Pam. She is awful. I cannot stand her. She, every, everything that, this is why children slash teenagers don't talk to their parents because their parents are Pam Fields. <sighs> I love that. Thank you. Don't be a Pam. <laughs> Don't be a Pam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Caroline, do you have any 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 thoughts that maybe we didn't cover? Any anything? Any theories you want to throw out there? Anything at all that you want to tack on here? Um, well, specifically regarding the parents, something that Pam said at one point was she she mentioned I think she was talking with the dad <laughs> and said daughters don't talk to their mothers the way they talk to their fathers. And I was like, in what world? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I might have a closer relationship with my dad than my mom, or I did rather at that time, but that was because my mom was working full time and my dad was very involved. Like he went to all of my like volleyball games and everything, but for anything that was remotely, you know, related to like menstruation or sex and sexuality that was definitely like my dad was definitely not the person I went to for that because he's a guy mm-hmm. yeah so that was weird mm-hmm. um, and then the only other thing is Aria and Fitz's relationship I don't know if we want to talk about that now or if that let's should do be. it no let's do it let's dig in okay oh. I did some research <laughs> So first of all, I wanted to know, I made this assumption that Ezra was 28 years old because that seems like the age of a teacher and he's not, he's 22. So I was like, first of all, can a 22 year old be in high school English teacher? So I texted Caitlin, (laughs) our, our teacher expert. And I asked her what the youngest, you know, a high school teacher could be. And she said, 21. She said now they would have to be in like a special program where they're taking, you know, college courses while they're in high school, but they should be able to have their teaching credential by the earliest 21. So 22 is not outlandish. So I'm like, okay, pretty little liars. You get this one. But the other thing I was thinking about because of this, that makes both Ezra and Aria under the age of 25 and 25 is the age when your prefrontal cortex fully forms. So before that happens, you have trouble with impulse control, predicting consequences of your actions, focusing attention, planning for the future. So neither of them was well equipped to make a decision about being together. So while it's still yucky, I give them both a little bit of a pass. I also was really into it when I was younger. So I don't know if that's more problematic with me, but I felt like when I was watching it as, you know, the like fully grown adult now, I did think it was like, I was like, this feels weird. This feels bad. But the more I read it, like the more I found out about it, I still, I don't like it. I don't condone it, but I, I guess I understand it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. That's great. Yeah, I remember at the time, because I corrected it in the podcast. I don't know if I left it in or took it out. But we had, they actually haven't done anything more than smoochies. At least we've seen on camera, right? Like They've smooched, mm-hmm. and that's, that's still inappropriate for many reasons. Uh, but I did, I did notice that that, that, that that hasn't been explicitly presented in the show, which I'm sure would be some sort of progression. Which I do have a question about that, because I think she talks – to him in this episode and says that she doesn't regret what they did the night before was that referring to them smooching in the car or i, mean, I was like did they do more than that and i just we missed hmm. it um because didn't they like take a little like break or something prior to this where it's like we can't be together so i think that's what she's saying like she doesn't regret like reigniting their flame or whatever the heck it is you want to call it um 
because I don't remember what episode it is, but I feel like like they're like, oh, we can't do this. This is wrong. And that's when she starts getting like a little bit with Noel. Um, but then like she meets him in the car and they kiss again. So that's what I think she means. Like she doesn't regret like going to the car and reigniting whatever it is. Cause I feel like that's what their conversation in the classroom is. Which again, please don't talk at school at the very least. Like that's just a bad idea on several levels. So many people could hear don't talk at school. That's bad. Yeah. Um, Noel is Noel has figured it out. He's the, and I was a surprise when I, when I first watched this. I thought for sure it was gonna be that teacher that kept seeing them, right? Or uh, mm-hmm. her mom. Noel Noel Noel's got it. And I still think he's part of A. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think he is genuinely kind of how we're talking. I think he's like, This is this is wrong. Like Arya, you gotta get out of this. Like, I'll go to the teacher, like I'll go to the principal, like this is something going on here that you're stuck in. Uh yeah, I don't know. I was a it was a thought I had today, like, oh I think Noel might actually be trying to do the right thing. I don't know. Yeah, in like I, a really weird way. Like Yeah, he's approaching it all wrong, but I <laughs> I think it's coming from a good place. Cause I mean he does go up to Arya and say, if he's like forcing you to do this for any reason, like I will go with you to the principal and like back you up on this. Right. And then Arya's like, actually, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. This is indeed. This is indeed. Uh, great. Um, I think that's all I have. Uh, if there's anything else. Oh, we have a question. Sorry. Yeah, Emily. Uh, the Jenna and Emily showdown. Um, are we absolving Toby's involvement because he was with the cops? Because up until now, Toby's been like such a prime suspect in everything. And that's why it's like, oh, no, Toby bad. Toby bad. I think Spencer even says something about it early in the episode. Um how do you feel about Toby at this moment in time, Chris? Uh, well, as uh, as uh, Chris watches Pretty Little Liars uh, uh, has stated many times, uh, we know Toby is innocent of all charges. Uh, he's only guilty of caring too much uh, and probably <laughs> approaching conversations a little awkwardly, taking Emily up to a chem lab. <laughs> you know, again, all the boys in this show are not always approaching these situations in the best way. Maybe have a, maybe do it in the cafeteria, Toby. Don't go to the secluded ke- uh, chem lab to have this conversation. Yeah, but I definitely think Toby is very much not... It, he, he might be being blackmailed, like how we said maybe Lucas is, for something. Um, but I absolutely believe that he is not a... And is actually trying to help uh, our, our main four folks out of whatever situation they're in. So then do you agree with Emily's sick burn of a social worker with a bucket of ice water should have gotten between Jenna and Toby? <laughs> that was the one that whole that whole sequence. I even I've seen this episode before, obviously, and I watched it again today. I still went, ooh, ooh, I like both of the oh, both of the burns. Uh, in this scene, as as I've discussed before, I don't think Allison was Jenna being posing as Jenna in this scene. I still maintain that theory. Uh, but this is absolutely Jenna in this scene. Um, do we? You feel Jenna is involved with anything beyond this point with the your A conglomerate? I believe Jenna is one hundred percent aware of what is going on and is one hundred percent non-involved and laughing from the sidelines. Okay. What do you think, Caroline? I would agree with that. I don't know. I do wonder because I is A just terrorizing the liars because. A is sending stuff to other people. So I don't know. I just don't know how much she knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I am. Cool. But my my favorite line in this um, episode is actually, I think, the final one. Or it might be. It's Emily. Like when they realize that somebody's written on Hannah's cast. And Emily goes, did someone come in here while you were asleep? <laughs> she know if she was asleep? Anyway, that was my favorite. That is good. That is good. Uh, Emily, any other final thoughts or, or lines you liked or questions? Um, I focus on my favorite one with disco purity. That's right. Um, I just think the biggest takeaway is don't be a Pam. Right. I, so much came to the surface in rewatching this. And I watched this episode like a, two weeks ago. I watched it like I did a full rewatch within the past three months of all of the season. And it just really drives home the point that Pam is everything not to be an apparent, especially to a teenager. She is the worst. I don't think she's A, but she might be just as bad as them with how she behaves as a person. And my final thought is kind of a prediction more than anything else. I believe A, Noel or somebody, put a camera or microphone in that freaking bear that's in Hannah's room. 
I agree. I put that note. I was like, definitely a camera in that bear. Yep. <laughs> Great. We'll see. Maybe next episode if we're right. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I want to thank uh, my PL experts, uh, Emily and Caroline. Uh, thank you for for sharing your thoughts and wisdom to the uh, to the PLL audience. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, I would love to have you back later on. Maybe the season finale. I don't know. Think about it. That might be kind of cool. This is the old school time when there's 22 episodes in a season, right? So we got a while to go. But uh, yeah, um, we'll have you back. And uh, we might have other experts along the way from here. So um, yeah. Back to my show, I think. I want to thank Caroline and Emily, my PLL experts, for their contributions and their time. Thank you so much. Hopefully, uh, I got a lot out of it. Hopefully, you as listeners did too. I love having other opinions and other theories. And uh, yeah, it was great. I think that's it for now. And I think, uh, Emily, I hope you don't mind. I think I'm going to use her catchphrase for my catchphrase for this week. Be a parent, not a Pam. Okay, I think I've said enough. (laughs) 